We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Well, good morning. Happy, happy Saturday. Yeah, it's that time. Another fresh edition of the Bob Rose Rewind as we kick it off with Randy Ray. This guy's a consumer advocate, especially looking out for seniors. But I think everybody can uh, gain some information here and relate to the situation. It has to do with a roofing scam and rising homeowners insurance costs. Nobody likes that. Let's talk to Randy right now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Don't you cry. Good morning, Randy. How you doing? Hey, I'm great, Bob. Thank you for having me today. Uh, it is my my pleasure. So, uh, tell me, I guess, a little bit about Senior Consumers of America. What what is it that you all do? I've I've often made the statement before. Florida is a senior state, and and in the course of waiting to come on, I heard uh, you give the weather for the villages. So there are a lot of people in the villages who are listening to you right now, and. Florida is a senior state. It's a senior-friendly state. And uh, as such, it becomes ground zero for scams, Um, Internet scams, phone scams, and door-to-door scams. And a lot of these have to do with unscrupulous practices that uh, end up uh, in a lawyer's office and drive up certain costs. All right. So I know one of the things specifically we're talking about, somebody has a roof of a certain age, Maybe getting a, yeah. a letter from, uh, you know, their insurance company. Why don't you take it from there? Some uh, roofers, not all, and some attorneys, not all, link together, and they've got a scam going. And here's the way the scam works. They go down to public uh, records, and uh, whenever you put a new roof on or build a house, there is a record of a permit that you pulled uh, to put that roof on. Now, any permit that uh, is older than 10 years, they uh, flag that permit, they take the information, and a uh, roofer goes and knocks on the door of that individual. Now, it doesn't have to be a senior citizen. Anybody can fall for this, but a lot of times it uh, will be senior citizens. And they'll knock on the door, and they'll say, you know, uh, your roof uh, looks like it's older than 10 years. And, and after 10 years, they oftentimes need to be replaced. Do you mind if I give you a free inspection? Well, uh, you know, I'm going to say 95 out of 100 
residents of homes do not know anything about roofing. And so they'll say, sure, get up there and look, get up and come down. Yeah, the, the roof is, is bad. Uh, if you'll give us your insurance information and you would like for us to put a new roof on it, no cost to you, uh, we'll be glad to do all the legwork. So they do that. Okay, it sounds fairly on the up and up. However, here's what happens. They, they estimate the roof. Let's say the roof is a $25,000 roof. Okay, instead of them going to the insurance company and, and, um, they, and they basically had their benefits assigned to this roofer, which is something that you should never do if, if you can avoid it, uh, they, this uh, roofer will go to a lawyer, and the lawyer will, has a way of filing with the insurance company so that basically the insurance company is delayed in handling it. And there's a 30-day window that the insurance company has to respond to any claim. And so it, they get outside of that 30 days. And the next thing you know, there is a lawsuit filed against that insurance company for $100,000 or so. And the, and, and, and the whole time, the resident knows nothing of it. Uh, when the uh, insurance company settles, well, the resident, sure enough, they get their roof. But what they don't know is that the cost to get their roof wasn't the twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars that the roof cost. It was in the neighborhood of eighty thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars, and the lawyer and the roofer uh, shared in that profit uh, to whatever degree they shared. Did did that paint it, or did that confuse it? No, I, I think that you have laid it out perfectly. So I guess now the next question would be. You said it was addressed somewhat in a Senate bill, but um, what can consumers do to kind of head this off at the pass, not let somebody come and inspect your roof? I mean, I've, I've heard the rule of thumb is if, if you didn't ask for it, uh, don't respond to it, whether it's on a phone call, at a knock at the door, or whatever it may be, uh, in an email or text. And um, this bill, 1728, uh, Senate Bill uh, 1728, address the fact that there must be a public uh, information campaign. Uh, there is a push, there is a move to ask the governor and the, the Speaker of the House and the President of the Senate uh, to call a special session to deal with insurance costs and insurance reform. But uh, that's what's going on, Bob, and, and uh, we, we would like to see, I don't know whether it could happen, but we'd like to keep the spotlight on this where can, and, pe- uh, where can people go for more information? Well, as far as I, I would encourage them to start out with Citizens Against Law uh, Suit Abuse, that's CALA.com. Start there. Start there and, and do, your, do the research through there. I would encourage them, and they don't have to say a lot. I would encourage them to call or contact their representative and senator and say, hey, look, you know, we need a special session to address insurance. That was Randy Ray, consumer advocate on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thanks for joining us. Happy Saturday. Coming up next, Congressman Greg Stubbe is going to join us. We'll talk about the Biden SCOTUS nominee and more. That's next on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, good morning. Happy Saturday. It's the Bob Rose Rewind. We're rolling with Congressman Greg Stubbe. I wanted to ask him because he has a legal background what he thought about the way that the nominee, Judge Jackson, was answering some of the questions because she is the the Biden SCOTUS pick. So let's do that now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Um couple of things right off the bat. I, I you know, I know you have a legal background. What do you think about the question and answers of Judge Jackson, I know everybody's kind of, you know, jumped on that woman, the fail, failure to be able to identify what a woman is. Um, but what else did you see there? And, and what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Well, of course, she's not going to answer. And, and they train people that come before Congress and they tell them that, look, each member only has five minutes. So take a long time in your answers and drag things out and don't go direct because it just gums up the time and then suddenly your five minutes are gone. So a lot of what she's responding to, she's obviously not answering the questions. She refuses to define what a woman is. And so what you do is you look at her record, and her record shows that she supports critical race theory, that she supports letting child um, predators, uh, especially child porn, convicted felons off on much less sentences than even the prosecutors were recommending in some of these cases. And so, again, not only was she racially picked because of who she is and that she is a woman, which is kind of interesting. She's failing to define what she is, which is one of the reasons why Biden picked her. And her record is a far left progressive agenda on CRT, soft on crime, refuses to to call illegal immigrants illegal immigrants calls them non-citizens when, in fact, they are violating our federal law every single day that they're allowed to cross the border. I I guess my question is, so why wouldn't she just give definitive answers just from her own, but what she really thinks? Because the Senate, well, they've got the numbers, uh, most likely. They could pass. Why didn't she just be be honest with her far-left agenda why do they try to hide it um, when, you know, she's probably going to win anyway? They try to hide it because the mainstream America, everyday Americans, regardless of your political affiliation, don't support the type of views that she has. And so they don't want the majority of America to realize that she wants to let child predators go free early, that she wants to be soft on crime, that she supports illegal immigration, that by by refusing to define what a woman was, obviously she supports this huge transgender progressive movement where we're going to take away pronouns from all our curriculum and do all these things that parents um, don't support. So it's 
clearly a way to not show her real background. And the White House has refused to release 28,000 pages worth of her records from a a sentencing panel that she was on, that Republicans have asked for this information, and the White House has refused to give it. Can you imagine if it was a Trump Supreme Court nominee that they refused to give information like this to the senators that are voting on it? And again, it's because they don't want the American people to know her real record. I mean, with Kavanaugh, they went back to like 40 years. I'm like, if 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 they went back like 40 what party, he allegedly went to in high school. Yeah. I'm like, if they did that to me, I'd be like, I, I don't know. Like what? I No, I didn't do that. But I don't know where this is all coming from. I It just it's there's definitely a double standard. But yet the lefty media still, you know, they want to say how harsh Republicans are being on her. Honestly, I haven't heard anything harsh they're actually the questioning has been fairly simplistic right they're actually they're asking factually based questions that you and i and any other person on the panel should be asking um but of course democrats don't like that because they don't like you bringing to the forefront their real record and the real facts behind what this person stands for uh and it's always a double standard in washington because we have a mainstream media that perpetuates the lies and everything else that comes out of the Democrats' mouth and helps them on whatever their agenda is. So, of course, now that we want to attack Republicans, despite the fact this is nothing like what we saw in Kavanaugh. The Republican senators are respectful of her. They're respectful of the process. They're asking her very strong, pointed questions that any member should be asking her. And, of course, Democrats aren't. And I saw Durbin the other day trying to cut off Ted Cruz and in, in the in part of his questioning, and none of that happened when um, Kavanaugh was going through his process, and it was a complete circus that the Democrats had put him through. Well, so, but what, how do you feel in the end? Is she going to get through or not? Oh, she's going to get through because she only needs fifty votes. Yeah, uh, well, fifty plus one, and they have they have the Senate, so she'll she'll get through. She'll be on the United States Supreme Court for a lifetime appointment. Um, the, the only silver lining in this for conservatives is she's replacing a justice who was a progressive left justice. So it's kind of a one for one exchange on the majority of the court. And we still have a conservative majority on the court, thanks to President Trump's appointment. Yeah. All right. Um, let's switch gears to Ukraine and Russia. And I, I got to tell you, the way that the media and I mean all the media treated this guy Zelensky the president there it's hard not to like him he appears to be very charismatic he's fighting for the people fighting for democracy and all that then come to find out well he's been pretty rough on his political enemies and also the big one to me is George Soros was the money behind him that kind of installed him into office why are we painting this guy as this huge hero and that's not to diminish Putin as a bad guy by the way but why Zelensky why prop him up so much start peeling the onion back um there was a, a segment last night on fox talking about i guess there was a biological weapons research center there in ukraine so there's a lot of information about that country that we don't know a lot about that i think is going to come to the surface um that has ties to both hunter biden and president biden yeah that whole thing if you've been questioned uh the government about these uh, bio labs and nobody was even saying biological warfare they were just saying you know bio labs and uh, oh yeah, you're uh, you're licking uh, you know Putin's boots if you say anything like that. So we're questioning why we would be involved in that and and uh, to what degree. The the other th- question I have is: All right, sitting back watching all of this unfold is President Xi, 
and I'm, I'm asking you to be a seer, I guess, and what's his move, next move, and I guess what's the timetable, because we know what his move will probably be. Yeah, I think because it's taken the Russians so long to get into the Ukraine and they're still fighting and now um, the Ukrainians have pushed them back, they're now in defensive positions around Kyiv because of some successful counterattacks the Ukrainians have had. I think the Chinese are thinking very hard about what their next step is and whatever plans they may have had in place. I think they've this has cultivated the Western world and NATO allies around the incursions and the, the travesties that have occurred there. And I think they're seeing how the Western world is reacting to that. And I think they're probably second-guessing what their plans are going to be in the future. Well, so I guess that could be a silver lining. I think it's interesting, though, that you know, we are making a concerted effort to try to help Ukraine because, you know, their border's been overrun and they're a sovereign nation. Meanwhile, we have a president that doesn't lift a finger to try to secure our border. No, we're sending all of these assets and monies to secure a border that nobody in this country necessarily cares about. If there wasn't an invasion, nobody in the country would care about um, illegal immigrants coming across the Ukrainian border. But this president and this administration cares more about the Ukrainian border and the NATO border of of Eastern Europe than they do about our own southern border. And there was a report, uh, Reuters did a report yesterday that they let like 514 Ukrainian refugees into the United States, but they're, they're, they're asking them questions and they're deciding who these people that they let in are. And they're, they're emphasizing journalists, activists, and LGBTQ plus individuals. So we now have a State Department that is using a political agenda to bring politically like-minded people into this country. And if you look at their, if the Democrats' number one priority in the House and the Senate is election reform. It would do away with voter ID laws in the, in the country and, and allow any person, regardless of your immigration status, to vote. And you see what the real intent here is. We're going to let two million uh, illegal immigrants come across the border and then pass H.R. 1 and S. 1 and then allow them the ability to vote. This is what this is all about. This, they don't care about the safety and security of the American people. They don't care about these immigrants because there's drugs and fentanyl and rapists and murderers coming across the border. They care about their political power uh, into generations, and they know that these people will vote for them if they pass these bills that allow illegal immigrants to vote. That's two million new voters to the Democratic Party. Two million people is the, con- the addition of the people live in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, and Miami combined. That's how many people come illegally across our border. That was Congressman Greg Stubbe on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thank you for joining us. Stand by. Coming up next, Alachua County Sheriff's Office spokesperson Art Forgey is going to join us talking about pedestrians, traffic, and catching bad guys. That's next on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Alachua County Sheriff's Office spokesperson Art Forgey talking about pedestrians, traffic, and catching bad guys on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Art Forgey, how you doing? Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. Uh, nice to be with you this morning on this nice wet morning. Yeah, why don't we jump right to inclement weather defensive driving. What do you recommend? Yeah, I mean, the first thing, before you ever pull out uh, onto the roadway, make sure your headlights are on. Coming into work this morning, I saw several cars that didn't. And, man, uh, uh, with it being 
early and, and dark and then the the rain on top of that they were very hard to see so uh, get your get your headlights on first thing put your cell phone down uh, give yourself a little extra time a little extra distance between the cars in front of you and uh, slow down a little bit you never know what's going to happen up ahead of you and just drive defensively and be ready to uh, uh, you know stop or uh, take evasive action depending on what's going on in front of you. I've experienced a lot of butt sniffers lately, and what I mean by that is, you know, the people that come right up your rear end? Yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on, and uh, believe it or not, our our traffic unit makes several stops a day on that, and I I think that the, uh, you know, the the motoring public has almost forgotten that we need to leave, you know, car length for every 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, or... uh, uh, every 10 miles per hour of speed between you and the car in front of you. Um, when you're when you're uh, that close, like you're talking, uh, you can't stop if something happens with that car in front of you, and obviously you can't see what they see in front of them. Yeah, and look, we all get frustrated. Sometimes people are moving slow. In my case, is that, you know, I'm not moving slow, but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to only exceed the speed limit by what I'm comfortable, not because somebody's pushing me. And I think pe- some people make decisions based on that push, and that's wrong. That's going to put you in a uh, an unsafe condition, isn't it? Yeah, it sure does. And another one is, uh, you know, when there's not a turn lane and somebody has stopped to, to make a turn and, and cars are flying right up behind it and the, the car that uh, is being tailgated goes into the other lane and, bam, all of a sudden there, there you are that – the one that was tailgating, and now all of a sudden you got a car stopped in front of you, and it usually doesn't end good. Right, right. So everybody, just back off a little bit and and take your time, and and don't take out your poor time management on the rest of us. I guess we'll leave that there. Uh, but yeah, then that's there's exactly right. Yeah, but there's other people on the roads too. It's not just all vehicles. There's bicycles and pedestrians, and you have a high visibility enforcement initiative. Explain what this is about, Art. Yeah, this is a, a contract that we've received before. It's actually through the uh, University of North Florida, who has partnered with the Florida Department of Transportation to make this focused initiative to improve pedestrian and bicycle safety. And the uh, contract amount for us is uh, just a little over $6,000, and it's it's basically overtime. Uh, the deputies will sign up to work these details. They go out and focus on the areas that have been identified as high uh, areas of bicycle, pedestrian, and vehicle interaction. And it's it's a high visibility education and enforcement detail. So it's not that we're just out there, you know, ticketing drivers and, and ticketing bicyclists and all. It's it's an enforcement initiative that has an education component. So uh, we realize that many times when uh, pedestrians and bicyclists interact with cars, that the ending is not uh, very good. So if we can educate all three of those components and make life safer for everyone, then it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, I've noticed uh, more, it seems like, more uh, bicycles, because I come in early in the morning. There's not many out, but the ones that are out, it seems like more and more actually putting lights on them. So, you know, if, if... if we can see you, that can probably help us to avoid a whole bunch of unnecessary contact. But then I, I have a question about the pedestrian thing. Mm-hmm. So if somebody crosses, a get, they don't have the white walk sign, you know, um, uh, 
traffic is stopped in a couple lanes, but maybe there's a green arrow or something else where traffic is still moving and pedestrians are going to cross any way. Do they have the right of way, even though they don't have the green walk sign or the white walk sign? Typically in a situation where you have a uh, monitored uh, intersection and you're, I'm, I'm guessing that you're speaking about an intersection where uh, it's controlled and it's signaled for the yes. pedestrian, then the, the pedestrian would not have the right of way in that uh, instance okay. when, they're, when they have a stop sign up and uh, uh, don't walk, in other words. And, and then once they step out into the street, when they do have the walk signal, then obviously they would have the right of way at that point, and motorists would need to stop. I, a couple of good examples, and they're both in the city, is uh, up on uh, North Main by the Publix or uh, Williston Road, where the uh, Gainesville Hawthorne Trail crosses. Mm, yeah, uh, they're not signaled; they're crosswalks. But a pedestrian, uh, they they do have flashing lights there. Once a pedestrian steps into that crosswalk, then the the cars have to yield to that pedestrian. Yeah, I've been on both sides of that, and I can tell you. You know, you hit those flashing lights, and um, you'd think they're hard to miss, but actually, you know, it comes up on you kind of quick. And uh, like I said, I've been on both sides of that, and I pity the fool that just hits those blinking lights and says, you know, I'm protected by an imaginary force field, and they start to walk. Exactly, and and it's, it's funny that you mention that, Bob, because sometimes, uh, you know, uh, we, we here at the sheriff's office have seen it you know, probably 10 times over the past uh, 15 years. And that is a, a good example of the people driving at night. They, uh, you know, get so focused in on an object or some some uh, thing in front of them or they get to watch it and they'll rear end the back of our patrol cars because they get that tunnel vision. And even though the car is parked on the shoulder and the lights are on, they get that tunnel vision and, and, and don't even see that going on. And that's, that's a lot to do with what you're saying, seeing those uh, yellow lights come on flashing for them to protect them every once in a while. Yeah. Let, hey, let's move on. Uh, Thomas Lambert, uh, the fourth arrest. Yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, he was traveling down the interstate um, about the 393 mile marker southbound. Uh, another driver didn't like the way that he was driving and uh, chose to give him the finger. And he retaliated by rolling his truck window down because they were dark tinted and pointing an AK style rifle at the other driver just for giving him the bird. Oh my. And uh, deputies were able to stop him. Uh, he claimed that uh, you know he hadn't done anything with the rifle. Didn't didn't uh, there was a rifle in his truck, but he hadn't touched it or done anything with it. Uh, the windows. The the interesting part I said about the windows being dark tinted. The other motorist wouldn't have been able to see and describe what type of gun this was had that window not been down. And, and sure enough, uh, leaned up right there in the passenger seat, uh, readily accessible to where he could grab it, was an AK-style rifle there. And, uh, you know, he had a Glock 19 in his waistband at the time of the stop. So he was armed for bear. Um, he had a permit. Uh, we charged him with aggravated assault and uh took him to the jail so hopefully he uh will will get over that uh gesture rather quickly and and move on next time is there though isn't there a precedent i think that's been set or i don't know you you help me through the legalese isn't there a time when you can expose a firearm to 
to thwart a possible threat? I mean, is there a time where you can say, hey, you know, I've got a gun, back off, and then you pull your shirt up, exposing a gun, and then the person, you know, turns and runs away? Uh, is that still... You have to clear, yeah, I think you clearly have to articulate being in fear of your life, and uh, then you, you would have that, that opportunity, but... Uh, giving somebody the bird doesn't justify pulling out an AK-style rifle to point at them. No, but I would yeah, think to so. To your point, um, if if you're in fear of of your life or or someone else's life, then yeah, absolutely, you have the uh, right to uh, you know sh- show your firearm, be ready to use it. I mean, I'm not taking the side of the guy with the gun, but it's sort of like you want to play the road rage game. Let me show you how it could end. Now go about your business, bozo. Yep. But that, uh, you still have to yeah. be respectful and careful of the laws. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, Art. Your finger's not going to kill you. Tell that to my doctor, but that's another story. <laughs> Art, always a pleasure, my friend. We ran out of time. Uh, Bob, you're never one to mince words. You have a great day. Always a pleasure. Alachua County Sheriff's Office spokesperson Art Forgy on the Bob Rose Rewind. It's a happy Saturday. It's going to be a gorgeous Saturday. I hope you enjoy yourself. Coming up next, though, Congresswoman Kat Kamek talking Ukraine, some of the latest stuff. We'll talk to her next on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. It's the Bob Rose Rewind. Happy Saturday. Congresswoman Kat Kamek joining us. We're going to talk about Ukraine, Russia, and is Biden going to create panic by his notice of a food shortage coming? Let's ask her about that right now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Good morning, Kat. How are you? Good morning, Bob. How are you? Doing fantastic. I saw a headline and it said that, hey, it could be inching closer to ending the war. Ukraine, Russia, diplomatic talks. Uh, Give us a straight uh, scoop on that. Well, you know, I think that what you're seeing in the news is somewhat accurate. I mean, make no mistake, they're still very much in the thick of very intense attacks, shelling, uh, horrific things continue to happen every single day in Ukraine. But the offensive that the Ukrainians have mounted has been productive, and I think you're seeing Putin re- recognize that he has not been successful in their original plan, which was to decapitate the government, to install a puppet uh, leader there that was sympathetic to Russia. Nothing has gone quite to plan. I mean, they, they logistically didn't plan properly in terms of food, fuel, uh, manpower. Uh, So this has been a disaster for the Russians. But there's also the part that people tend to ignore, which is Putin is not of his right mind. Um, He is, I like to say, like a dog being backed up into a corner. And when that happens, he's liable to do something ridiculous and crazy and very dangerous. You know, it's been confirmed they've used thermobaric bombs. He has been uh, making a lot of noise about nuclear activity. They launched a hypersonic missile. I think that there's still much more to come, but I do think that he has been caught off guard by how well the Ukrainians have mounted 
a defense, but then also an offensive. It's kind of interesting. I, I lost focus for a minute there because you, you said something about a puppet president, and I was like, right, who's she talking about? And then, <laughs> and then you also addressed Putin's mental state, I mean, the mental state of a world leader, and I... Again, there was just a mild confusion on my part, so I apologize for that. Um, now, on a more serious note... Are you sh- are you channeling Biden? Uh, it's possible. Highly unlikely, though, I have to say. Uh, yeah. I'd like to think that I answer to a higher power than who's ever pulling his strings. But let's get to Zelensky. This guy's yeah. promoted as, you know, a hero by everybody, left, right, and center. He's the man. He's fighting with the people. Look at this guy in Ukraine's fight. To... And then I don't remember seeing or hearing much about it when things were kind of developing, but it turns out that he was pushed, basically, paid into office by George Soros. Doesn't that concern anybody that we're we're lining up with a George Soros-backed guy? I mean, you talk about a puppet— if he's aligned with Soros, Soros, how could he be a good guy? Yeah, you know, and I think that pre-invasion, folks really didn't understand the dynamics in Russia. Many still don't. And you look at how the United States over the years, um, just as you know, recently as the last five years, the United States was giving uh, quote-unquote loans, I'm using air quotes, um, but there were Russian officials coming to Capitol Hill saying, thank you for the grant. And everyone's looking around saying, what grant? And they're like, well, we know we're never going to pay this loan back. So basically, we would like to thank the American people for their generosity. Wow. I mean, this was kind of the, the MO in Ukraine. So there was absolutely corruption. There was absolutely uh, problems and issues. And there was tanking poll numbers uh, for Zelensky leading up into the offensive. And, of course, now he's the most popular politician, and uh, they're talking about nominating him for the Nobel Peace Prize. I, I think that the the two two issues are, are not mutually exclusive, but I think there's going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered once everything shakes out. Because when you've got maternity wards being bombed, when you have crimes against humanity, war crimes being committed, I think that's the first and foremost most pressing issue we've got to deal with. But then there's the issue of what comes next. And and I do think that there were issues that needed to be addressed and and highlighted. And again, I talk about, you know, the fact that there were all these, these corruption charges and, and uh, issues within the government, even at the highest level. I think at this point in time, we've got to focus on what's important, and that's, you know, trying to make sure that there are people um, getting saved and, and making sure that we don't have American troops on the ground. I think that in the moment, passions run high, emotions run high, and we've got to be very cognizant of keeping a laser focus on what is important right now. Yeah, never let emotions get in the way of making sound uh, critical decisions is what what I would say, and, and just one last thing about that. By the way, when I point out maybe some character issues with Zelensky or who he's friends with, George Soros, this is not to diminish in any way, shape, or form the bad guy that Putin is. And I, I want to make sure I'm clear on that because there, there's this thing that the mainstream media is doing where if you question Zelensky at all, all of a sudden you're a Putin lapdog, and we all know that's <laughs> absurd, but I just wanted to point that, that out. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah, of course, and I think... I think it's, I, I, you're 100% right, Bob. You know, so many people, it, and this is a tactic of the left, 
if you in any way say, oh, oh my gosh, you know, this, they did this with um, Obama. If you criticize Obama and his leadership in any shape, way, or form, you are a racist. Right. It's, it's that immediate jump mm-hmm. to the most extreme. And, and that's not productive. I think that that's very, very dangerous to allow that kind of uh, rhetoric to get out there. So I think normal people, I think com- people with common sense, uh, very pragmatic folks, they understand that you can you can have someone who's doing a, a good job, a um, being the leader and meeting the moment, but also have some questionable things that you know are are worthy of criticism. And um, unfortunately, the mainstream media they're going to say if you aren't bending over and you know uh, you know kissing the feet of Zelensky, then you are somehow a Putin apologist. Right. It 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 it's ridiculous. All right. So um, using sanctions. Uh, uh, for diplomatic pressure, anything to maybe get Putin to stop blowing up, you know, and killing innocent people. I'm, I'm glad that there are tools at the president's disposal and they use them as sanctions are part of it. And we have, as the American people, have to sacrifice a little bit. Um, I'm OK with that up to a point. What concerns me is that the president himself and with a world audience watching and listening said, you know, there's going to be a food shortage and it's going to be real. Does he not realize what kind of fear and panic he can create? I mean, we saw what happened just over something like toilet paper. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what is so frustrating about this America last agenda. You know, if we were putting policies in place and really championing an America first policy, and that was across the board with our manufacturers, with our raw materials, our manufacturing, our mining, our domestic energy production, with agriculture, if we were actually putting things in place that allowed for these sectors, critical infrastructure sectors, to flourish at the level we know they are capable of, we wouldn't be making ridiculous statements like that. We would have no no concern of world shortage issues. Right now we're facing 700% increase in fertilizer prices, Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. They typically export the majority of their wheat to the Middle East. The last time there was a hiccup in the wheat exports um, due to an Eastern European conflict, the Arab Spring happened, and the Muslim Brotherhood was installed in Egypt. Watch for that destabilization issue to play out here in the next six to eight weeks. When you talk about the fertilizer issues and the fact that Belarus and Russia is the number one exporter of potash, which is a major fertilizer component for us, um, and that you have Canadian Pacific Rail on strike, that's leaving our producers here in America in a lurch. Couple that with crazy regulations like uh, WOTUS, Waters of the U.S., which is a nonsensical uh, regulation, and all of the tax issues and increased fuel prices, our farmers and ranchers are in a lurch. You have by design, and I'm saying you being Biden and this ridiculous administration that's trying to strangle domestic production in general uh, out of existence, they have made it virtually impossible to produce our food supply here at home in a safe manner. And people have told me, oh, but cow, you know, we can get, we can import our food, you know, from places like Mexico. Oh, you mean the same Mexico that just killed one of our ag inspectors, which is why avocado uh, imports have stopped? I mean, this is ridiculous. We should be drilling on our own lands for our fuel. 
we can produce fuel safer, more efficiently, and cheaper than anywhere else in the world. Yet Biden has turned to dictators like the Ayatollah in Iran or in Venezuela. He refuses to acknowledge that our farmers and ranchers can produce our nation's food supply safer and better and more efficiently than anyone in the world. He refuses to establish manufacturing hubs to bring pharmaceuticals and critical uh, PPE to the United States. This is an America last administration, and it's putting us all in danger for no good reason other than of the quote unquote Green New Deal, which we all know isn't necessarily green because the batteries in these electric vehicles that Buttigieg wants us all to buy at the, you know, cost of $75,000 a pop, because, you know, if you can't afford $7 a gallon gas, you idiot, why don't you go buy an electric vehicle? Yeah, right. Hey, uh, last <laughs> last question, real quick. Uh, Germany, if they're still buying energy from Russia, if they're not going to go along with the sanctions, and, yeah. and they said their economy depends on it, it's like, hello, our economy depends on energy, too. Um, I guess short a- short answer. What what can we do to apply more pressure to Germany, or will they take action in other ways? What's the deal? Unfortunately, I don't think that this administration has the cojones to to hold uh, hold the line and put pressure on folks like you know Germany. They're they're in large part responsible for the Nord Stream pipeline and for Putin going as far as he did. I just I don't have confidence that they'll they'll stand with the United States and the NATO allies. That was Congresswoman Kat Kamek talking Ukraine, Russia, Biden, and a whole bunch of stuff on the Bob Rose Rewind. We appreciate her as a guest for sure, along with my other guest, Art Forgey from the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, Congressman Greg Stubbe, and Randy Ray, consumer advocate, all on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting what we do. I invite you to tune in Monday morning starting at 6 a.m. for The Bob Rose Show, along with Greg Cassidy, right here on 97.3 The Sky.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.